Hello Tea Crew and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Sha. Today we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet and then we're going to be doing a all tea episode so you're not going to want to miss this one. Stay tuned. All right, T-Crew, let's get straight into the topics. So the first one, the College Hill reboot with a celebrity twist. So College Hill was a BET show from back in the day um, when I was growing up. And it was basically like, uh, kind of like real world in a way, but the kids were all in college and they were going to HBCUs and it was usually kids that were involved in like band or the football team or something like that. So we kind of see like what's going on in their daily lives. But unfortunately, because of some fighting that happened in one of the seasons, College Hill was canceled, um, but is being brought back in a new way. So in the reboot, College Hill is going to be people that still are looking to have that college experience, but they are celebrities. And these celebrities have never been to college because of their careers or whatever was going on in their life at the time. But now they want to attend an HBCU and they want to kind of go through this experience in the College Hill house with the rest of, um, the cast and the other participants. So basically, um, they're going to be going back to school y'all. Now, some of the celebrities that they've pulled into the show are Nene, Lamar Odom, Dream Doll, Slim Thug, and Ray J. And I think I saw that Frida is also doing it too. And the school, um, the castmates are all going to be going to school together. They're going to be doing different classes or whatever they might be going back for. They haven't really said if they're getting a certificate or if they're actually going back for a degree. Um, we don't know, but it looks like based on some of the photos that have been posted, um, that they are filming now and that this should be out in a few months. So I wonder if it'll be released to BET plus or if they're actually going to put it on air, but, um, I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be cute. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of, um, drama. I think it's going to be almost like surreal life for those that remember that reality show and they just brought all these like older celebrities into a house together for no reason I think it's gonna be more like that because I can't imagine everybody taking their studies seriously but they might so you never know um I'm hoping that they do because I think that would make the most sense like why would you do this whole process if you really didn't want to at least get a certificate or something. You know what I mean? Like, don't just go and do it for the sake of doing it. But it'll be nice to see um, Nene back on reality TV. And the others, I mean, Lamar really like, he sold the show Celebrity Big Brother. So I don't know. This is definitely a cast of characters here. I think they've all done reality TV except for Dream Doll and Young Thug. Frida had her own show. Um, that I used to watch all the time on Logo. And then, you know, Ray J's been in multiple love and hip hops and all types of different reality shows. And we all know Nene from Real Housewives of Atlanta. So it'll be nice to see all these reality star veterans come together for this reboot. Um, and it also shines a positive light on HBCUs and what they offer and stuff like that. So if it is a opportunity for people to see that and want to go back to school and or support these colleges, then at least we have that. (laughs) 
All right, let's move on to the next topic. Zeus's Bad Boys LA um, super trailer has came out. So I think before we were talking about this, Natalie Nunn has produced a Bad Boys Club. Now, similar to Bad Girls Club, where they were supposed to be coming together to learn different techniques and, you know, anger management and stuff by putting all these bad girls in one house together, um, and try to like influence their behavior and get them to calm down a little bit. It just ended up being a show about fighting (laughs) and girl fights. And it looks like Bad Boys LA is going to be no different. So Natalie Nunn, uh, the producer says, you know, while we have an all-star cast already, don't get used to any of the faces because I guess just like in Bad Girls Club, if they start fighting, they have to send them home and they do have a long list of replacements that are going to be coming in to replace whoever fights because I guess how they used to do it anyway, is that if you fight, you have to leave. Um, so it looks like there are definitely going to be some fights in the house based on the super trailer. So a lot of people are going to be getting asked to leave and they're going to be pushing more and more people in. Um, people that I recognize from a super trailer, I know Kurt Franklin's son is on the show. Um, you know, he goes into not being supported by his dad. Now, this is the son that he had previous to his current marriage. I know he has several children with his wife. I don't know why I'm blanking on her name, but they have several children together. But this is his child from a previous relationship. Um, and he said their relationship is strained. And if you remember the whole voicemail saga they had um last year where Kurt was caught saying inappropriate language and, you know, cursing at his son and stuff like that. Um, this is that son. Uh, carry on. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, the I am delivered guy is there, Andrew Caldwell, and then Dupree, which is where the money resides. Like they basically went and got all the memes and they put them in the same house together. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a pay subscription. So you know how that goes. Like sometimes people are just not going to have, they're not going to pay to have something new. Um, And at the end of the day, a lot of people are watching and then they're going to be talking about it and moving on and doing this and doing that. So we'll see. We'll see who's coming into the house. We'll see what it's giving. We'll see what the replacements are looking like. Um, And I guess I'll keep you guys posted. I mean, it could turn into the new Jocelyn's Cabaret, like the show that nobody's watching, but everybody knows everything about. It was so funny because little tangent. When I was talking about Jocelyn's Cabaret, my main thought was like, do people subscribe? Are people caught up on the drama? And it was like one of the hottest topics of the week that people were talking about. So it's one of those things where nobody's watching it, but everybody's watching it. You know what I mean? So I will definitely keep you guys posted on what is going on with Bad Boys LA, but let's move on to the next topic. Princess Love, uh, Ray J's wife, estranged wife. So she's always open to reconciling in a recent interview and that the door is always open. So Princess Love and Ray J uh, went through this situation last year where I guess they were in Las Vegas together, supposedly working on the relationship. Princess had brought their two small children um, and then Ray J was nowhere to be found. And at this point she filed for divorce. And then from there, um, you know, 
didn't follow up and didn't, you know, complete the divorce. And then later, a few months later, then Ray J filed. So they just been going back and forth. That's why I would say like they're estranged. But, you know, in a recent interview, Princess Love said that she's always open to reconciling with Ray J. I think that honestly, there's just so many ups and downs because it's a lot. It's a lot being an LA couple, you know, when your money, I think there's two reasons why you get divorced, right? Infidelity or finances. And I feel like when your money is contingent on getting deals and being on shows and doing different hostings or whatever they, you know, do for money, it can go up and down. And especially with the pandemic, it's just like when you don't know where your next check is coming from, not to say they don't know where their next check is coming from, but I'm just saying in general, when you don't know where that kind of stuff is coming from, when you have two kids to raise, it can be a lot and it can be very stressful. And I think this puts a lot of extra stress on Princess Love, especially because you have to remember her history. She was dating Floyd Mayweather. She had no money problems ever. You know, she was always able to hold her own. And, um, you know, she's just come from a place of always being able to have exactly what she wants when she wants it. And I guess she feels like if that's not something that Ray J can provide, why am I even here? Um, in addition to him not coming home and him doing his stuff and whatever, and I'm sure her doing her stuff and it's a lot, you know, it's a lot to be in a relationship, especially with small children. So it's just, I guess, nice to see that she's keeping that option open. Do I think they'll get divorced? Possibly, but not in the foreseeable future. I think if they end up getting divorced, it'll be when the kids are older and they've just decided that this isn't what they want. But I think for now, it's just the ups and downs of, you know, having a young family. All right, let's go to the next topic. Remembering Tracy Braxton, unfortunately, um, Tracy Braxton of the Braxton family, you know, Tony Tamar and the show Braxton Family Values had passed away on Saturday at the age of 50 of cancer. Um, Tracy had talked about this a lot on the show, you know, that she had had cancer and she did, she did different cancer fundraisers and, you know, just to bring awareness and she was talking about it, but she looked like she was doing so good. And I don't know why I thought personally that she was in remission and that, um, you know, she hadn't had, she hadn't had any issues with that in a while. Um, but no, her family and friends said, you know, she really got really bad and she ended up passing away and, um, you know, her son gave a heartfelt message, of course, the sisters and everybody's just asking for prayers and privacy at this time. I'm sure it's a lot going on. Um, as you all will remember, they just lost their niece, um, their brother's daughter had passed away last year. Um, and that was a lot for them to take in as well. I think it might've been 2020. So still within two or three years to lose a niece and then lose a sister. If there's a lot going on, especially for, um, their mom who was part of Braxton family value show a lot in their dad were often, um, featured on their reality show, uh, to have to bury a child is just like the kind of pain that nobody wants to go through. And I just feel like because we watched Braxton Family Values for so many seasons, we had all like connected with Tracy as like the fun, misunderstood sister at times, but she was always really down for family. She seemed like one of the most down to earth sisters, chilling in Maryland, raising her family and you know, her son and her grandchildren, her grandchild were like, you know, her life. Um, 
And it's just so sad to see somebody, you know, die at such a young age. 50 is definitely young these days. You know, people are living longer and longer. And it's just, it's sad. We're definitely going to miss Tracy. And Braxton Family Values won't be the same without her. I don't know if they'll ever do a show again, but it just won't be the same without her. So she's definitely, um, her family is definitely in our thoughts and prayers. And, um, you know, she's going to be missed. All right, let's move on to the next topic. The Kardashians super trailer (laughs) on Hulu has been released and I have some thoughts, okay? (laughs) So the Kardashians basically came to us last year and said, hey, 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 you know, this is not gonna be our last time in reality TV. We're just leaving E. So they had been on um, E with the show, keeping up with the Kardashians for, I think it was like 20 seasons. It's been like so many seasons that they did. And then I guess their contract was up with E and everybody thought this is the end of an era. We're not gonna be watching them on our TVs in reality format anymore. Like this is over. And there was a lot of stuff going on, um, in Kim's life and all the rest of the people's lives. So they were just like, okay, you know, this will be a good time for us to not be on TV. Um, but they fooled us because they basically revealed that they just got more money with Hulu and that they're cutting off their keeping up with the Kardashian show and they're moving to Hulu for a new show called The Kardashians. Um, so the Kardashian super trailer came out and basically there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. So we basically see the entire Kim Kanye divorce. We see the beginning of the Kim and Pete Davidson relationship. Um, Courtney discloses that her and Travis are trying to have a child together and they've been on their fertility journey and all that. Um, Chloe is addressing the baby that, um, Tristan had on her apparently. And the fact that, you know, he has to regain her trust and I guess he's still trying to be with her or, you know, just co-parent in a more peaceful way. And Chloe's just like, yeah, I can't really trust you. And so that's why this is becoming difficult. Kylie is also pregnant at the time. Um, so she's talking about that, like people actually knowing she's pregnant because for those that forgot, Kylie pulled a Houdini, her first pregnancy and just kept, she like had an arsenal of, um, photos of her not pregnant and she was just posting them every other day and people really had no idea she was pregnant until after she gave birth and released a little video about it. So, you know, her pregnancy being more in the public eye, and I'm sure they'll get into the astral world stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on in this super trailer, but mainly what I feel like, um, the message was, and they kept saying at the end of the trailer is don't go against the family. Um, which is something like they're trying to give like some kind of weird, like mob slogan, or whatever but I really it makes me feel like this whole stuff with Kanye all this Kanye back and forth with Kim and with Pete and now D.L. Hughley and all this stuff I really feel like so much of this has been done for this Kardashian show you know a few months ago before everything really started getting crazy between Kim and Kanye's divorce we put a poll on the T-Talk with Shot Instagram page and literally everyone said that they're not they don't want to watch the Kardashians and yet another reality show but somehow they have kicked up the drama to a point where I'm sure after seeing the super trailer most people are going to be like yeah I'll tune in and now I want to watch or I 
want to see now. So, you know, people work hard, but everybody knows Kris Jenner works harder. I really feel like this is something that she was like, okay, we have to get the drama up. We have to get it up now. Um, if we're going to be able to produce on this show that we promised Hulu, then all of a sudden, you know, Kanye can't get into birthday parties. Tristan and Chloe are trying to work it out. I'm like, now he's had a whole nother child on you. You really want to work it out with him? Or do you just want to go back and forth with him about it on the reality show? You know what I mean? Like it begs the question, like, is most of this for drama and the reality show? And are they all in on it? Because at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if Kim was like, listen, Kanye, we're going, we're in a divorce anyway. This will be probably one of the last times that you're featured on a season unless you're coming to the kids' birthday parties or the events for the kids. So let's just go out with a bang. (laughs) It's keeping him in the news. It's keeping her in the news. keeping both of them relevant. He's putting music out. She's putting projects out. You know, it's, it's opportune for both of them to be in the news cycle constantly. And that's what this drama is really giving. I don't know, just my tin hat theory there, but honestly, it's starting to make sense to me. I'm starting to put the pieces together that all of this was really just part of the larger plan to push the drama on this Hulu show and make sure they get multiple seasons. Because I'm telling you, this season is chock full of drama, chock full of activities, and at the end of the day, they're going to use this to parlay into an even bigger deal for more seasons from Hulu. And the next season is probably going to be Kim picks out a cat. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be this explosive. But as long as the first season is and they can secure the bag, they're going to just dial it down as the seasons go, just like they did with their um e-show where the first seasons were like oh Kim has a sex tape and the sisters are trying to understand like how their life is going to change now that everything has come out and the next you know remaining seasons not much really even happened and they were able to keep everybody on the hook so that's my opinion we'll see what happens going forward but I'm really starting to feel like we all get played (laughs) this is a setup All right, so let's get into the next, oh God, I just said this is a setup. And this next topic, another possible setup. Jesse Smollett has been sentenced to 150 days in prison for the um, accusation that he made years ago about um, the two Trump supporters that had committed a hate crime against them. It was later found out that Jesse was working with these two individuals that ended up being black men that he knew and they had rehearsed it and all this other stuff came out. He had been sentenced. Um, you know, now he's been sentenced and the family, uh, is basically saying that he's being persecuted They don't believe anything that is being told to them about his well-being. But Jesse has been moved to a psychiatric ward. He is not a general pop. So something is going on for sure with him because otherwise he would be in general population. They don't know why he's not. Um, But they said that, you know, they're adamant. He is not suicidal. He would never harm himself. And if anything like this comes out, it's part of a greater conspiracy to cause him harm. I'm not sure. What I will say is when this first happened, I was 
horrified for Jesse Smollett. I felt so bad because the climate, you know, a lot of people want to say, you know, this and that and the third, and I don't want to get political, but the climate at that time was very, very hostile toward black people, toward gay people, towards anything that was other, you know, 45 was really doing a number on, you know, instilling hate and fear in people when it came to otherness, when it came to, you know, people that weren't like you and we got to do this and we got to do that. We got to get back to our glory days and all this stuff. And that basically involved eradicating black and gay people. And so when this story first came out, I was one of the first people to be like, this is wrong. This is disgusting. This is yet another reason why we got to get that Cheeto out of here. Um, And so I was very passionate about it. So when it came out that everything was a hoax and that this didn't really happen to him, it really did annoy me because I know there's so many people that have been victims of hate crimes that don't report it. Um, People that will die and they never get to the bottom of what was the actual reason for their murder. And it was a hate crime. So for him to do this and then later say, you know, it was a commentary on, people not caring about black people and black the injustices in the in the system i'm just like jesse you got to be kidding me right now like this is not the way to go about that so you trade your freedom to show injustices that we all knew were there i just don't know if i buy it i i hope the best for him i hope he gets through his bid with no problems no harm comes to him and all that um But at the end of the day, it's just like this to me is very, very, it's very suspect. I think he got sentenced for a reason. I don't know all the particulars or whatever because I wasn't there, so I can't say. But I will just say that if this was all a plea to get him in the psych ward so he wouldn't have to be in general population, some people have been saying that too, that this is definitely an easier way to serve your time. But now I'm thinking if he doesn't get cleared, then he won't be able to leave after the 150 days versus if he was in general pop, he would. So I don't know. We'll keep you posted on the whereabouts of this. I'm sure the family um, and his lawyer, his legal team will keep us all posted on his whereabouts and his well-being. All right, let's go into the next topic. Wendy Williams reconciles with DJ Booth. So Wendy Williams, you know, she has exited her show, going to be replaced with Sherry Shepard in September. And before all of this even happened, she replaced her DJ with a new DJ. And her original DJ, DJ Booth, um, for the Wendy Williams show, he had made accusations that Wendy had sexually harassed him, that she had exposed herself to him. Um, and he was, you know, fed up with the instability of her being on set, being offset and stuff like that, that she was going through while she was working through her addiction, something that she talked about openly. Right. So recently DJ Booth posted a picture to his Instagram and then Wendy posted it to her stories. And she was just like, you know, catching up with a friend, catching up with an old friend. And it really has everybody whirling because the Sherry Shepard show has taken over basically Wendy's old staff. They're going to redo the set to um, the Sherry Shepard show and stuff like that. So she's basically kind of been copy pasted into the show. It's not really like it's a new show. Um, and this is really, you know, probably got the Wendy staff on edge because now that Wendy's working with DJ Booth, you know, who else 
will be plucked, you know, so to speak for this new Wendy podcast deal that is supposedly in the works. Now, Wendy looks healthy. She looks present in mind, um, in these photos and it's getting a lot of people saying, you know, will I do better to go over to the Wendy podcast versus to stay on the Sherry Shepard show? Because as we all see, you know, the reel was canceled. Nick Cannon show was canceled. Um, you know, the original Wendy show was canceled to be replaced by Sherry Shepard's, um, new show. And then Jennifer Hudson is getting a new show, but you know, suffice to say, if Sherry Shepard's show doesn't make it, will they have bet on the wrong horse by going with her show instead of following Wendy over to her new podcast or whatever her new venture is? Because it seems like she's going through here and picking, you know, choosing a select group of people to form a new team to run her, um, podcast and whatever, you know, comes with that. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of moving and shaking going on. Um, what I honestly, if I were them, I would go with Wendy only because, well, I mean, it's hard to say initially I was going to say I would go with Wendy because that is something that, you know, is going to be there, but because of Wendy's addiction and her instability and her not being able to work at certain times, you know, Sherry's going to come in. She's going to be a professional. If the show only lasts for six months, you know, through previews, at least you'll know it's six months worth of consistency. You never know. It may catch fire. You never know. You never know what, what could happen with that show. But, you know, Wendy is more solidified as that she's going to pop up and do something else. It's, it's hard to say, you know, it's a hard decision for them. They've been in the industry much longer than, you know, I've been commenting on this stuff. So I'm sure they know what they're doing, but I guess it's just now is the crossroads. Like, what are you really going to do? Because if the show gets canceled, and you know you've gone to work at now the sherry show i don't do you think wendy's gonna want these people back i don't think so and i'm thinking about you norman my favorite y'all know i love norman all right let's go on to the next topic Heidi Montag chewing raw meat to help with fertility now for those of you that don't remember Heidi Montag is from the hills um it's basically, you know, like a show they used to have on MTV about these kids that lived in California and she was on the show and then she got a spinoff, I think with her boyfriend Spencer and now they're married. Um, and she's having, you know, fertility, she's on a fertility journey, I should say. And she said raw meat is helping her with her fertility. Um, so every day, you know, she goes on TikTok and she talks about the different raw meat that she's going to eat. And then she eats it live on camera. Um, you know, it just causes, you know, TikTok is basically for young people, you know, school age kids and like challenges and dares. I remember a couple of years ago, they had the Tide Pod thing and kids were getting sick and thrown up and some even died. So it's just some people will see these challenges and try these challenges and harm themselves. So I just, I'm like, you know what, Heidi, if it works for you, it works for you, but maybe put a little disclaimer or something at the beginning of these TikToks about the ill effects of eating raw meat. You know, there's diseases in raw meat cooking. The cooking process kills a lot of the bacteria, um, and stuff that is just contained in meat. And if you're eating it raw, um, you can expose yourself to a lot of that infectious, you know, bacterial and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, we need to get away from infections and 
everything that has to do with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. So that's that for that. Heidi, stop doing that. Or give us, give us a disclaimer so people won't be running around here eating raw meat without knowing how dangerous it is. Okay. So let's get into the next topic. Candy's new show um, hits at about half of Portia's stats with 4 million viewers for the first episode of Candy and the Gang compared to Portia's 8 million. And then within the demographic, I think it was like 4% versus 2%. Um, yeah. And you know, the girls are talking about it. So Candy and the Gang, you know, the Black Vanderpump Rules, I did watch it and we reviewed it on last week's deep dive i i enjoyed this show um i think people are kind of looking at it the wrong way though because portia's family values was a limited mini series right and it's talking about portia her life her love and all of that but this was one of the hottest topics of last year was portia's um engagement to Simon and how she kind of had just left Dennis and went straight into a relationship with Simon, who was also one of her co-stars, um, husbands at the time because they were not divorced yet. So I feel like that has more kind of drama tied to it, more people trying to figure out what was going on with that versus with Candy. Candy is like, oh, you know, this is about the the restaurant the drama within the restaurant but it's not as you know there's nothing world shaking as what happened in Portia's situation so it makes sense to me that her ratings would be lower I mean it's not a strong start I noticed that Candy was doing a lot of lives and a lot of um you know, kind of just feedback for the show, trying to push up the show a little more. She had a speak on it YouTube video with the um, restaurant manager, Philip, And then she had one with Don Juan about the episode. And then she actually had the old lady gang themselves come and talk about the show on her YouTube channel. So she's really trying to push it as, as much as she can to get people interested into watching Candy and the Gang. Because unlike Portia's miniseries, who couldn't even get through the allotted amount of episodes they were supposed to complete because of the fighting and the chaos... Um, I think Candy's going for a slow burn here because she wants to get into season two and season three and try to get it to be like a Vanderpump Rules where you'll have eight or nine seasons of the show and get it to the point where, you know, she may not even have to be in the show and the show will have enough drama, enough interesting um, things going on, enough action that it can actually run without her and she can just do season cameos where she just pops in, you know, two or three episodes of the season, you know, like they do on Vanderpump. So I don't know. I think it's apples and oranges. I think it's a little bit of a slow start, but it doesn't mean that this is the end for Candy and the gang. And I really think it's going to pick up. So we'll see. All right. And the last topic here, Nikki and Croy LaRae's collab is still going on. Um, the two are coming out with their new single, Blickety Blink, I think it's called. I'm trying to read my own handwriting, y'all. Um, but it's coming out on Friday and Croy went ahead and released the visuals of, I guess, the single cover or whatever might be something from the video or whatever they did together. Um, I'm happy that they're still doing it. I kind of, I don't know. I was like, will 
Nikki cancel the collab? Because I know that's how Beyonce works. Like if you have a single with Beyonce and it gets leaked or something happens, Beyonce is not putting out that single and she's not going to, um, she's not going to promo it in, in any way. Um, and I think that because of Benzino kind of spilling the beans on his own daughter and almost ruining the collab, I think that they were able to have a conversation, you know, Croy's team and Nikki's team. Okay. In order to kind of get the surprise value up, let's deny the collab. Um, because it was kind of spilled into the public before we were ready for it to be spilled into the public. So let's just deny the collab act like it's not happening at all. And then boom, we will announce right before it drops that it indeed is happening and where everybody can get it in the name and all this stuff. So I think it still had the desired effect. I think people were still surprised. I was surprised when I saw, I was like, oh, okay, great. They're still doing it. But you know, if they would have said anything or they'd be like, oh, the cat's out of the bag, because when Benzino spilled the beans, it was like two or three weeks out. So it's not really, you don't want to it's not surprising to say, oh, we're going to have a collab together, but you're not going to get it till March, um, March 18th, you know? So it's just like, you know, you want to get it, but you want to get it at a time when people are like, oh, okay, I'm interested in, in the next four to five days downloading and hearing the record versus it being like, oh yeah, in two or three weeks, I'll have forgotten that it was even coming out. You know what I mean? So that's the whole process of the rollout to keep people excited about what's going on to the point where when it does come out, people are actually interested in listening to it. Um, I'm excited. It should be good. I'm a, I I want to hear what these two have been cooking up and I hope there's a video. It looks like from the picture that she posted, they at least did a photo shoot. So maybe that could have been before or after the video shoot. Uh, we will see. But I think this has been all of our um, trending topics this week. Thank you for joining me on this tea episode. And as always, please leave your thoughts in the comments. All right, stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering the NBA and the NFL. So let's start with the NBA. The Phoenix Suns have become the first team to clinch a playoff spot. The Suns have the NBA's best record with 53 wins and 13 losses. Last season ended in a heartbreaking loss in the NBA Finals before the Suns and the Suns are hoping for better this season. Now we're going to move to the NFL. The Seattle Seahawks have traded star quarterback Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. The Seahawks will receive quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris along with two first round picks, two second round picks and one fifth round pick. The Green Bay Packers star quarterback Aaron Rodgers is returning to the Packers on a four-year $200 million contract. The contract will make Rodgers the highest paid player in NFL history. Also, the Indianapolis Colts are trading quarterback Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. The Colts will send Carson Wentz and a 2022 second round pick to Washington in exchange for a 2022 second round pick, a 2022 third round pick, and a 2023 
third round pick that can become a second round pick if Carson Wentz plays more than 70% of the plays during the upcoming regular season. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. I just want to thank you all for listening, for sharing and engaging in the content. Uh, We do have a brand new subscription service where you can get more exclusive tea with me for $1.99 a month. And we get into the topics that we didn't have time to get into in our regular podcast. Um, As always, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are and I love you for listening bye